0: Hello and welcome back to LGS Biocast episode 7. We had a bit of a hiatus, but we are back after approximately five months. Uh, But we are here bigger and better, now with our bi-weekly podcasts, um, and it's all things biology, as usual. Uh, Today's topic is the inadequacy of healthcare professionals when it comes to patients with learning difficulties, specifically affecting their verbal communication and their speech. Now I'm lucky enough to be joined by uh, a very incredibly passionate Year 12, uh, Sarah, our Assistant Biology Subject Fellow. Can you please? yourself? Hi, I'm
1: Sarah. Yeah. I'm in Year 12, as Ishish said, and I take biology, chemistry, drama, and psychology. I hope to drop psychology as AS, and I want to go into something in the healthcare industry. So I'm not sure whether it will be dentistry, doctoring, maybe specialising, consultancy, but something in that industry.
0: Yeah, sounds interesting, fascinating. Um, Many of you will have similar dreams, I'm sure. Uh, And you'll get to know Sarah a lot better as the year progresses, as she is the Assistant Subject Fellow of Year 12, as I mentioned. Um, So we'll get right into it. Uh, What really are learning difficulties as such and why does it really matter in the healthcare professional
1: okay, so the google definition of learning disabilities that i found were disorders that affect the ability to understand and use spoken or written languages and it can also affect the ability to do mathematical calculations coordinate movements and direct attention so examples of these you may have you've probably heard of lots of these before but never even realized it adhd dyspraxia dyslexia asd which stands for autism spectrum disorder the causes of these are not known for definite, however, um, it's thought that they could range between like pregnancy complications, such as illness or oxygen deficit in the brain, to genetic causes, and some of the genes associated with autism spectrum, spectrum disorder are ANK2CHD2, if you're into that kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. and then genes associated with dyslexia, I found a lot, is that KIAA0319 is affected effects mm. and dyslexia mm. and symptoms of this disorder of all like these disorders can lead to issues with like tactile and visual sensitivity sensory issues um, and the difficulty to control emotions and auditory perception difficulties And then this can lead to many social problems in terms of socialising. So situations that might seem only slightly overwhelming to somebody like you or me would seem completely unbearable. For example, like a really noisy crowd, like being in a concert setting, that'd be completely unbearable to those people, whereas it might just be like a bit, whoa, to us. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And this can also lead to like how these Problems and how these people are treated in hospital settings and medical and dental settings. That's a bit like what we're going to get into today. Mm-hmm. And why do you think it matters?
0: Yeah, so the whole point that we were talking about here is that we, have, we are lucky enough to have the NHS. It's got this basic universal coverage, um, which is free at the point of delivery. And people with learning disabilities, as Sarah very well explained, will need support from primary care professionals to understand information about their healthcare and needs. And under the Equality Act of 2010, healthcare services have a duty to address health inequality and ensure that reasonable adjustments are in place. But unfortunately, we are not seeing that. Figures show that the lack of training could be contributing to around 1,200 avoidable deaths of people with learning disabilities. That's approximately the population of LGS, and this is on an annual basis. I mean, 38% of people with learning disabilities die from avoidable causes, compared with 9% of the general population. Um, Mencap is an organisation that has highlighted the issue of avoidable learning disability deaths. And they're thinking that maybe it's an issue at its roots. Almost a quarter of universities do not include training on making reasonable adjustments to the care of someone with a learning disability. And staff will hopefully have to include um, this in training courses, especially at universities or even at the professional level itself, uh, because obviously it's causing fatalities, which um, is just inexcusable in this day and age.
1: yeah, one thing which I actually found out yeah. is that Dr. Naveed Iqbal, he's uh, actually, I think he's a local doctor based in Farnham. But then he recently moved up to the middle, like the middle England area, like around Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And he um, posted something and he it explains that the average death toll or the average like lifespan of a person with learning disabilities is 56 years. Whereas for a normal person, that's 81 years, and that definitely indicates that is some kind of healthcare issue, and these people aren't getting decent quality healthcare, yet they deserve it. And I, personally, am not seeing anything being done about this, and that's why I think it's a really important um, topic to talk about.
0: Mm. Yeah, so, exactly. It's like these complexities of communication that people have, uh, especially with learning disabilities. Um, And... I think the best way to move forward, uh, what the research has shown there as well, is that a shift away from this paternalism approach to a much more patient-focused approach. So we need to take a more holistic view of things. Right now, many nurses and um, many GPs, they only have around 10 minutes of consultation time at their first point of contact. And of course, they're trying to change that to around 15 minutes. Um, We need to adopt a much more holistic approach, um, targeting emotional, physical, mental, and even social health. Uh, because people with learning disabilities, of course, uh, need extra support in in these areas. Um, Doctors and nurses may need to adopt the domains of patient-centred models where the patients themselves are more involved and their views and beliefs are respected in the encounter. Um, And, of course, the best way for you and me to actually uh, make a difference is through public awareness, really. Um, Health literacy must be increased and education of students, nurses and other health professionals. I mean, we know it's a big thing right now, uh, do you have any comments that you might want to um,
1: One thing I think is important to say is that I'm like, I actually have a non-verbal brother myself, and he I recently went into a. And they needed to do certain tests on him, and these include taking vitals, which include blood pressure, O2, and temperature, doing an ECG, a blood test, and a CT scan. However, the only tests that they were able to do were O2, and the temperature, and the CT scan when he was asleep, because he'd fallen asleep there, because we all know what the NHS is like. The waiting is an extremely long time. And luckily, that wasn't too damaging to the healthcare. Like he we they were still be able, doctors were still able to make an educated guess as to what was wrong with him and provide us with that information, but like it's fatal for some people, some people it isn't that simple for some people those tests are absolutely necessary, but they can't do those tests because of the sensory issues they have, like my brother is nonverbal, which means um he can't speak, he will, he's not completely silent, but he'll make sounds, and he personally doesn't really like people touching him, and that's like a very big thing within this community, yeah, yeah. and that's a very common problem, so try, imagine trying to put a needle in his arm to extract blood, that is mm. not, that you're not going <laughs> to be able to do that, and he's quite a tall guy as well, he's like nearing six foot, and for this um, like five foot nurse, it must be pretty scary to yeah. see a guy th- a thrashing around, so... Yeah. Um, it's just they haven't been trained, that's what I'm really trying to get at, they, yeah. the people are not, the nurses, the GPs, dentists, emergency personnel, A&E workers, they are not being trained well enough and that really does need to change. Yes,
0: um, you mentioned in the fact that we have, doctors are taking educated guesses. It shouldn't get to the point of them taking a guess in the first place. They should have some sort of evidence to back it up. And of course, they can't get the evidence in this case, which is, of course, causing fatalities. But in this case, luckily enough, it wasn't too damaging. Um, but yeah, the whole point is we need to move away from this idea of taking educated guesses and going with what we've got, but actually trying to improve on things, taking that patient centred approach and taking that next step to involve them in a much better way of healthcare. Um, are there any final comments you want to add on? Um,
1: I just wanted to say um, the impact that COVID-19 has had. on oh, I mean, yes. Like, I know you guys are probably very sick of hearing about COVID-19, just because it's everywhere. But genuinely, it has had a very bad impact on people in the learning, um, who have learning disorders. Like, over 50% of deaths last year in people with learning disabilities are, were caused by respiratory problems. And one of them was coronavirus. And the symptoms of coronavirus Um, are not as apparent in people with learning disabilities. I'm not sure why. There hasn't been much research into that. I couldn't find much about that. And these people can also tend to be asymptomatic. And this means that if they do But asymptomatic means they don't get any symptoms, but if they do, it's very unlikely that they will communicate those symptoms until it's too late, until they are literally needing a ventilator. And these um, people will not be prioritised in hospital settings for ventilators, um, unless they are like a child or something, because their learning difficulties are not seen as something completely life-threatening, yet in this case it is.
0: Exactly um so i think we're pretty much done we've covered everything uh thank you so much for that it was very in-depth research i very much enjoyed it Um, We both know that it's a very, very pertinent topic right now, and we hope you guys pick this up as well. Um, Once again, thank you very much, Sarah.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, And uh, welcome back, guys. (laughs) We're back uh, again with with this year. The year 12s will soon be taking over uh, after January, but we'll try and fit in in a couple more episodes before then. Um, Please do uh, talk to your teachers about this, talk to us. Um, We'll add it to the teams, uh, attend our events every half term. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. And uh, we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed.
1: Really hope you enjoyed this. And we hope that this makes you want to listen to um, all the other podcasts that we approach. If you're a new listener, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you.